a Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host, Lee. I'm Liam, not here with co-host, Peter. It's getting real old saying that. <laughs> We're going to keep saying like it, though. To, yeah, well, yeah, got to keep keep saying it so we don't have a pandemic anymore. Exactly. And then, before you know it, we'll be saying, here, I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Yeah, and I'll be like, I'm here with... <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast will end on air <laughs> and you're joining us for a tragedy tuesday our mini episodes about disasters that usually aren't quite so many and usually when lee's involved they're not mini episodes <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes yeah before we get started i'm just gonna do a little bit of housekeeping like i always do if you're new here welcome hi we are very happy that you're here and you're joining us i hope you enjoy this upcoming episode if you want to go back i actually haven't said this for a while but if you want to go back we don't really do inside jokes per se but there is a little bit of a callback thing that we do and kind of a running narrative throughout so if you want to be fully in the know i recommend you go back to the start and listen to everything there's a lot of it now there's like a year of episodes now too Uh uh-huh so like i said you're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything we're not gonna be like uh making weird secret handshake whatever <laughs> jokes. Nah. But still, sometimes we'll be like, hey, remember, remember, I can't think of anything right now, but remember something <laughs> specific? And you'll be like, I remember that specific thing. And then it will be like, Haha, specific things. <laughs> and we started off strong. So yeah, we've got to wait through a lot of crap. I mean, we were That's good right. to go from the beginning. Realized vision. Yes. A lot more ums early on, though, I noticed. I know. I'm, I'm joking. I'm sure it's terrible. But, you know. Well, it's it's relative. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell a friend to listen or tell anyone to listen. doesn't have to be a friend. The next best thing you can do, if you aren't already, subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review or a rating. Those are super helpful. I think Apple Podcast <laughs> is the best place to help us get noticed. So uh, have at it if you like what you hear. Oh, yeah. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at This Disaster Pod. Our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Our patreon.com slash this disaster pod where we've got a ton of bonus content. We have micro disasters that come out every two weeks. Every now and then we release a little bit of a bigger bonus episode to go along with our major disasters. You get access to our discord and our live stream of the major disasters where we can interact, you know, just fool around. Usually there's some tomfoolery. <laughs> Sometimes there's that. some Lee foolery and Peter <laughs> foolery, all kinds of foolery. <laughs> Different brands. So if you ordered a shirt, then I think those have been mailed out by now. And so keep an eye on your mailboxes. Mm. They'll be showing up very shortly. And then you can uh, just have a disaster all over your body. <laughs> nope. Gross. That's, there's got to be, a, there's a better way to, there's a better way to say that. Uh, Wear a shirt on yourself. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and with that lack of eloquence, I'm going to turn it over to Lee, who's going to tell us about today's Tragedy Tuesday. I am. We can keep probably keeping up the... Lack of eloquence. What was that? Eloquence? Okay. Hmm? So, Peter. Yes. Are you familiar with Marvin Gaye? In name and name alone. (laughs) I know you know some of his songs. (laughs) I do. I do. I'm going to assume you're not familiar with how he died. He's dead? (laughs) You might want to sit down. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Well, He's, he's on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Am I right? Oh, let's say together. Is that Marvin Gaye? Maybe. You know what? Continue. I'll I'll, I'll look it up while you speak. If only there was some way we could check. There's Um, no internet right in front of me right now. No. Well, I'll tell you this. He didn't die of old age. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Let's get into this. So, Marvin Gaye had enjoyed (laughs) a rather successful career as an R&B soul singer. 
starting okay. around the early 60s when his work as a songwriter and performer started paying off. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the following two decades, Marvin would establish himself at the vanguard of popular music with such hits as How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, mm-hmm. I Heard It Through the Grapevine, mm-hmm. What's Going On, What Is Going On, which is such a good song. And of course, let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick, quick mini sidebar. Yes. I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of Al Green. Al Green, Pulp Fiction. Right. He's an, another yeah. fantastic R and B singer. Let's stay together is what I was thinking. Let's of. stay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Close sidebar. Carry on. Okay. The beginning of the eighties would see Marvin Gaye's mm-hmm. life in a bit of upheaval. Okay. His nineteen seventy eight album "Here, My Dear" had mm-hmm. not performed well. Mm-hmm. Troubles with drugs and unpaid back taxes would only add to his problems. Mm-hmm. In 1980, he relocated from Los Angeles to London, England, living as a tax exile as he owed something to the tune of $4.5 million to the IRS. Oh, is that it? That's all. That's probably, they don't care about that. I think if you make under <laughs> under $4.5 then they don't tax it. Then they just slough it off? Yeah. Okay. So living in England was... That's a fact. So we overreacted. That's too bad. Yep. An acrimonious split from Motown Records occurred during this period when, after receiving a rough draft of a master tape of his album In Our Lifetime that he'd been working on during his time in London, they, the label released the album in its unfinished state, remixing and editing without Marvin's involvement at all, altering the oof, artwork, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. exactly. Uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's mine. <laughs> yeah. The fuck you doing? Yeah, huh? Marvin vowed never to work with Motown Records again. Fair enough. For some reason. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not all doom and gloom for Marvin in Europe. Okay. At the beginning of 81, Belgian DJ slash concert promoter, Freddie Kuasert, mm-hmm. encouraged Marvin to stay with him at his apartment in Austin, Belgium. At this point in his life, Marvin was completely addicted to cocaine. Oh, boy. Yeah. So staying with his Belgian friend allowed him to avoid heavy drug use, instead spending his time exercising and attending a local Austin church. That's better than cocaine. That's much better than cocaine. Just about anything's better than cocaine, but especially exercising and, you know, going to a church. Every every time I think about doing cocaine, I just do some exercise instead. Yeah. I mean, we all want to do cocaine. We just have to find other things to do. I've never done cocaine. No, me neither. I wouldn't even know where to start to try and find it. Yeah, I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> it's white. Yeah. He spent several months recovering from his vices before embarking on a month-long British tour with very positive results. Nice. Those close to Marvin cite this time in Europe as the best thing that could have happened to him at the time. Sweet. So with his career on what seemed to be an upswing, he was able to negotiate a record deal with CBS Records, who helped release him for good from his Motown contract. The shady Motown people. Everything's coming up gay. In 1982, Marvin Gaye released his first post-Motown album, mm-hmm. Midnight Love, mm-hmm. featuring what would become his biggest career hit, Sexual Healing. Ah, yes. Yeah. We're all familiar with that one. We know that one. So trying to figure out what Sexual Healing is. <laughs> well, listen to the song and figure out, oh. tell you all about it. The song would get him... Two Grammy Awards, which was also a career first for him. Oh, sweet. Wait, 
Oh, I guess production and writing. Like he hadn't won any Grammys prior. Yeah, yeah. Following year, 1983, Marvin embarked on the Sexual Healing Concert Tour, Mm -hmm. which took him throughout the United States. Marvin, never a fan of being on the road, fell back into cocaine abuse to help deal with the stress of touring. No, exercise. I know. Uh, He soon developed paranoia, being fixated on the assumption that there would be attempts made on his life. Mm. He took to wearing a bulletproof vest at all times, save for on stage. Arguably one of the only times you should be wearing one. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Where you're but, okay. surrounded by people, strangers. I hear paranoia and cocaine go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. That's my like very sheltered Scarface opinion about <laughs> the effects of cocaine. <laughs> I think there's been enough movies and albums and whatnot made where you can make assumptions about cocaine without actually ramming some of it up your nostrils personally yeah yeah. i think we know some of it's gotta be true some of it's gotta Mm -hmm. be true after the tour's end he chose to move back in with his parents as his mother was recovering from kidney surgery at the time Mm -hmm. it was the same los angeles home he had purchased for them in 1973 Mm -hmm. now marvin and his father marvin senior it's gonna look confusing so i'll only refer to his father as marvin senior that's gotta be annoying am i right yeah come on you know something about that. <laughs> my dad you're, my dad is also Peter. You're a junior. <laughs> yep. I didn't even I think prefer of that. to think of myself as a second. Oh, the second. Yeah. That's a lot cooler than junior. <laughs> I don't I don't think the second kicks in until there's three. I I thought I didn't want to correct you, but I yeah, I kind of heard that uh, too. But. I'm still gonna go with the second. Mm-hmm. Marvin and his father. Mm-hmm. Marvin Sr. Mm-hmm. It shared a bitter and complicated relationship. Ever since Marvin was a child, okay. Marvin Sr. was a violent man with a temper to match. Mm. He would strike Marvin for just about any form of shortcoming. Marvin was administered, quote, brutal whippings from age seven well into his teenage years. Ugh. Yeah. He later admitted that had his mother not encouraged him so much in his singing, he would have killed himself. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mom. Yeah. Thank you. Added to this, Marvin Sr., Christian minister mm-hmm. was widely known within the family's Washington DC neighborhood as being a crossdresser. This made young Marvin a target for bullying by the local kids. Jeez. Everyone's exercising their demons. <laughs> exactly. Marvin senior never approved of his son's career in music, gradually growing resentful of the fact that his successful son had become the de facto breadwinner of the family. Despite a brief reconciliation around 1973, the two never permanently resolved any of their problems. Not a great relationship? No, not at all. When Marvin first moved back in with his folks, his father was away on business. So this made for a relatively peaceful living situation, which included his two sisters as well as his mother. Mm -hmm. Once Marvin Sr. returned, the growing conflict between father and son became so unbearable that his sisters chose to move out. For the following six months, Marvin and his father distanced themselves from each other as much as possible. One evening, when the two apparently could not maintain distance, in other words, fighting like cats and dogs. Right. (laughs) That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Sr. called the police to remove his son from his property. Marvin briefly stayed with one of his sisters before returning to his parents' home. His reasoning being, and he stated to a friend at the time, quote, after all, I have just one father. I want to make peace with him. <sighs> That's nice, but... Yeah, it is nice. Probably doesn't end well. Mm. 
Christmas Day, 1983, Marvin gifted his father a 38 special pistol meant for protection against intruders. Okay. Here, man that I fight with all the time. <laughs> yeah. Let's, here's a weapon. Let's bring this into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Let's put this under the same, the roof we share. Oh, God. Okay. So around this time, those close to Marvin observed that his paranoia had gotten worse. He was afraid to leave his room and spoke often of suicide and death. Oh, boy. And he sometimes wore three overcoats and put his shoes on the wrong feet. Okay. At one point, a possible attempted suicide was made when he jumped out of a speeding sports car. He ended up with nothing more than minor bruises. Okay. His sister, Jean, later contended that there was no doubt that Marvin wanted to die and that he couldn't take any more. This started off all hits and... Cocaine. That's <laughs> going off the rails. But even, yeah. I didn't, but when you think of his music, it's so joyous and, you know, yeah. let's get it on. And yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a dark side to everything, but holy shit. I guess I kind of mentioned Scarface. It's taking a kind of Scarface trajectory at the kind of, yeah. Around the end of March of 1984, Marvin's parents had been involved in an ongoing argument about a misplaced insurance policy letter. Okay. At one point, his parents brought the argument to Marvin's bedroom. Mm -hmm. Marvin responded by demanding that his father leave his mother alone. Marvin Sr. complied by leaving the room and yelling throughout the house for the remainder of the evening. Okay. April 1st, 1984. Approximately 12.30 in the afternoon. Uh oh. Yeah, we're zeroing Times. In. <laughs> <laughs> Times are never good. The argument over the document flares up again. Okay. And Marvin, again, intervenes when the argument once more ends up sort of inside and outside his bedroom. Right. Marvin orders his father not to come into his bedroom. Mm -hmm. Marvin Sr. responds by charging in to verbally attack Marvin's mother, Alberta. Uh -huh. Marvin again orders his father to leave. Mm -hmm. When this did not work, Marvin became enraged and shoved his father out into the hallway, proceeding to kick and punch him. Okay. Yeah. How old is Marvin at this point? Uh, he's going to be 44. Okay. It's just when you describe, obviously it's a, it's a weird messed up situation, but when you describe it being kicked out of his room and being in his room. Yeah. Sounds like we're kind of talking like a, about a teenager. I know. It's so weird. To, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like his bedroom, their bedroom. It's yeah. <laughs> there's just rooms in a house that these adults live in. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So he administered the beating all the way to his parents' bedroom. Mm -hmm. He basically like beat him down the hallway. <laughs> okay. Where Alberta separated the two and returned Marvin to his own bedroom. Right. At 12.38 p.m., mm -hmm. Marvin Sr. returned to his son's bedroom, yeah. holding the 38 special Marvin and given him at Christmas. He pointed it at his son and shot him, which caused Marvin to scream and fall to the floor against the wall. Jesus. Marvin Sr. advanced and shot his son a second time at point-blank range. Wow. Shooting your own kid. Okay. An autopsy report determined that the first shot was non-fatal as it penetrated the left shoulder just below the clavicle mm -hmm. and exited his back without causing any serious injury. Right. The second shot would prove to be the fatal one as with Marvin Sr. firing at a downward trajectory to son who's on the floor. Mm -hmm. The yeah. bullet traveled diagonally down through the lung, heart, diaphragm, liver, and kidney Ugh. embedding itself in the left side of his torso. Just to hit everything. Just <laughs> left no oh stone on Alberta fled the room, screaming and pleading for her husband not to shoot her next. Mm -hmm. Marvin Sr. retreated to his own bedroom and hid the gun under his pillow. 
They'll never find it there. No, <laughs> good thinking. Marvin's brother Frankie and sister-in-law Irene responded to the shots and the screaming as they lived in the guest house at the time. Mm-hmm. Alberta ran into Irene's arms, screaming, "He shot Marvin! He's killed my boy!" Mm. Frankie, not knowing if his father was still armed and dangerous, yeah, entered the house cautiously and made his way to his brother's bedroom. Mm-hmm. He came upon Marvin, who was rapidly bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Frankie held his brother and listened to his final words spoken barely above a whisper. And these are just Mm -hmm. portions of them, I'm assuming, but they are. I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself. So I had him do it. Mm. It's good. I ran my race. There's no more left in me. Dark. Yeah. Yowza. Jesus. (laughs) All right. Yeah. The police arrived, at which point Irene confronted Marvin Sr. and asked him where the gun was. Mm. After locating it under his pillow, after probably... Three seconds, picture the detective walk into the room, just do one of those, like, look around. It's there. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even have to touch anything. (laughs) She brought it outside and dropped it on the lawn. Mm -hmm. Marvin Sr. was found sitting on the porch by the police, at which point they arrested him. Mm Mm-hmm. Marvin was brought to the California Hospital Medical Center where he was pronounced dead on arrival at 1.01 p.m. the day before his 45th birthday. Ugh. During a police interview, Marvin Sr. contended that he only meant to use the gun in self-defense and that he didn't realize it was loaded or thought that it was only loaded with blanks or BBs. Twice you said he shot him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Cool. And there's another BB for you or or blank or this thing yeah. isn't even loaded. So who cares? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. When asked if he loved his son, he stated in a soft voice, let's say I didn't dislike him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, at some point in the future, I hope that uh, when somebody asks my son what he thinks of me, <laughs> I hope I hope he says, let's just say that I don't dislike him. Yeah. Let's not say that. I mean, let's not go too far. (laughs) He reportedly wept and sobbed after being informed that he killed his son. Mm -hmm. Marvin's sister, Jean, later recalled that her father had told her, presumably this is while they're all living under the same roof together at the end, that if Marvin ever touched him, that he would kill him. Okay. Furthermore, she contended that it was understood within the family that if any of the children should dare strike their father, that he would murder him or her. She maintained that her father had made this very clear and had said so publicly on more than one occasion. Uh, okay. This is a cool guy. It's a real chill dad. It's very clear in our household <laughs> that when we finish eating, we put our dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> That's been made clear. <laughs> That's been made clear. And you've, and you've I, said that publicly on more than one occasion, I bet. I have. I have. You've heard <laughs> me say it, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, it's so foreign and bonkers to me right like oh he my our father made it very clear that if we touch him he'll kill you right right right. like if if you dare strike me just know well i'll murder you okay (laughs) that whole parental yeah child relationship that won't come into play no that won't that won't marvin's siblings maintain that his death was a premeditated suicide of sorts okay through which he was able to not only kill himself mm-hmm. but punish his father and rid his mother of his father's presence 
Okay. There might be merit to that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, his father did make it very clear (laughs) and it was known publicly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. His father was held at LA County Jail on a $100,000 bond, Mm -hmm. which was later reduced to $30,000. Okay. Alberta paid the bond and filed for divorce at the same time. Okay. When all was said and done, the judge offered Marvin Sr. a plea bargain this being in lieu of the drugs found in Marvin's system during the autopsy, those being cocaine and PCP, okay, which that the latter in particular is sort of conducive to violence, like sure, people will go nuts, yeah, yeah, as well as uh, the pictures of the injuries Marvin Senior had sustained in the beating that his son had given him. Okay, Marvin Senior pleaded no contest to a voluntary manslaughter charge. Mm-hmm. On November 2nd, 1984, he was sentenced to a six-year suspended sentence and five years of probation. Okay. It's pretty light, I think. That seems very light. Yeah. Sorry, what, and what was the what was the bargain? What was the plea deal? Like, what did he... That I guess he plead down from yeah. a charge of... In exchange for what, though? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Fair I don't enough. have that part. During the sentencing, he tearfully told the court, mm-hmm. if I could bring him back, I would. I was afraid of him. I thought... I was going to get hurt. I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. I loved him. I wish he could step through the door right now. I'm paying the price now. Amazing how uh, I didn't dislike him turns to I loved him when sentencing is on the line. <laughs> All you got to do is murder your son and your feelings change. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Marvin's funeral drew over 10,000 mourners. Oh, wow. With eulogies from Smokey Robinson and Dick Gregory. And performances from Stevie Wonder and Cecil T. Jenkins. Wow. His death was worldwide news, making the front page of the New York Times. Mm -hmm. The music world, specifically Motown, was shaken to its core. Mm -hmm. Numerous musical tributes would follow. And that leads me right into my music pick. But Hey, awesome. Before I do, thoughts? (gasps) That's fucked up. That's fucking dark. (laughs) That is... That's a lot. Uh, I think I made some lame jokes throughout there, but really, there's nothing to laugh at. <laughs> no, not really. And and it's like, as far as tragic, sort of rock and roll deaths go, that's. I mean, that's gonna be in the top three. Yeah. Right. Because you know, people like OD or they commit suicide, and it's terrible yeah. and awful. But man, that is beyond the pale. That's like a tortured existence to the end it seems like yeah more or less yeah living in like a nightmare scenario where he's fighting all the time yeah to the point where like i can't take this anymore i'm going to essentially (laughs) commit suicide i'm gonna goad my dad into killing me yeah exactly so that not only will i finally get my unfortunate wish of being dead Mm -hmm. but i'll also take my dad down with me (laughs) yeah jeez yeah those are my thoughts that that's dark yeah (laughs) i'd say that's spot on so, music? <laughs> yeah, what, what's your music choice? So, as I said, there were many... I mean, you know, could have picked a Marvin Gaye song and, you know... Sure, yeah. Yep. Go listen to Marvin Gaye. It's, you know... Personally, mm-hmm. I don't think I've Absolutely. ever really pressed play on a Marvin Gaye song. Like, it's not... I've heard them all. I've... Really what I listen to? Yeah, for sure. But objectively, factually, like, say, Let's Get It On is a fantastic song. Yep. Yeah, He and he, he could sing amazingly at a very sort of high register voice that could he could really make it soar and yeah he yeah. was very very talented so yeah. instead of picking a Marvin Gaye song I was thinking about one of the tributes that came out from a band called the Commodores okay is a band 
who featured Lionel Richie as one of their members, although at this point he had quit. Okay. So the song is called Night Shift, and it's mm-hmm. actually a tribute to Marvin Gaye and Jackie Wilson, both of whom died in 1984. Okay. And it's a really great song, and they sort of mention them both by name. And, um, like, I remember, because it came out, I was, like, eight. Okay. And I really liked the song at the time. And for some reason, I, I remember sort of asking my mom, like, like who's that? And what are, who are they singing about? And, yeah. And I remember her saying, like, one, like Marvin Gaye, oh, it's so horrible. His father shot him. Right. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is dad going to shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I did. Like, no, I never probably, thought of it. No, but- like if, yeah. if you told me that, like if I had my now brain, I would have maybe thought that yeah. like, you know, kids yeah, yeah, are just sort of more resilient. I would just probably like, yeah. Oh, okay. But it, it stuck <laughs> with me because it was a fucked up thing to hear. Yeah. Right. Oh, his dad shot him. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it, it, it's a very, I mean, it has a very sort of eighties sound to it. It's a little bit dated, but you know, despite that it, it's, it was a good song then and it's still good now. Night Shift awesome. by the Commodores. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome song. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks for that tragic, actually, truly tragic tragedy <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, that's a topper. A lot of times we try to shoehorn that term in, but this time I feel like that's that's a tragedy. Yeah. No horn necessary. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. If you liked what you heard, <laughs> if you liked the tragedy you just listened you to. You are a fucked up person. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. And you're welcome. <laughs> But yeah, if you liked what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell someone to listen to this podcast. That helps everyone just tune in and have fun. And a lot of times <laughs> it's a little bit brighter than what we just talked about. <laughs> We're having fun right now. Trying to trying to be trying to be upbeat for this outro right now. Sorry. <laughs> I can think about My next one I'll just Marvel. talk about like some <laughs> failed record company or like no, no, that was stubbed their toe. Or that was a really good one. I loved that was that was an awesome episode, but just <laughs> it, it's a story worth knowing just because it's it's so it's out yeah. on its own. It's if you're interested in disasters and the disastrous ends of musical careers, that's when you got to know about. Yeah. Huh? So anyway, if you, if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is to tell somebody to listen to this podcast. You can also subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you listen. I think Apple podcast is probably the best place to do that. Just to help us get exposed, get more people listening and help us make more great content. Hmm. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can call, follow our social medias at this disaster pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can go to our website where you have everything in one place. This disaster we also have a patreon.com slash this disaster pod with tons of bonus content and access to live streams and our discord where we do lots of talking with everybody who wants to talk. <laughs> if you ordered a shirt, they're probably on their way right now. So keep an eye on your, your post, your post box or mailbox, your, your post office, your PO box, your, your carrier pigeon, yeah. any way that you get mail, just keep an eye out because it's coming. Mule. They're coming. Coming. Pack mule. Pack mule is the big one. Yeah, that's the one. Good. And I think that's pretty much all I had to say. Uh, Lee, you got anything to add? Just, uh, you know, if you're going to post stupid shit on the internet, think twice because it's probably stupid. Agreed. And someone probably already posted it and they're stupid. Not just know stupid, stupid. That's why I stopped using my Facebook pretty much. Because I realized that everything I post is stupid. It's just a big stream of stupid. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in our next major disaster. Goodbye. Bye.